Today on the news and why it matters, Rudy Giuliani drops some Ukraine bombshells on Twitter. Got a lot to get into with this one over here on that. I don't know what you're talking about. Also, a, a Democrat defector on impeachment and a 2020 candidates vow to boycott the next debate to support union protesters. Mm. We've got a lot to get into on this Monday, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. It's going to be a good show today. We are joined by Glenn Beck himself, the Ukraine expert. Oh, yeah, right. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. I've got on... a few things. I'm just deciding whether I say them or not. Ah, I always vote for saying them. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, And also we are joined once again by the lovely Lauren Chen. From Blaze TV. Yeah, thank you so much. Our own me. Lauren Chen, pseudo intellectual. Yeah. Um, so, how was your flight? You know what? It was really good. Yeah. And then when I got off the plane, instead of being somewhere like LA, I was in Texas. So yeah. Overall, a good experience. Really good. Yeah. Really good. Way and better. Happy ending. <laughs> well, we are so glad that you're here. I like to uh, to get some more estrogen in the room whenever yeah. possible. <laughs> uh, got a lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. American Financing is a place to go if you are a responsible, um, you know, with, with, if you're responsible with your money and you want to maybe pay a little less uh, for your your mortgage, they can get you into lower uh, interest rates and they honestly work for you. You just had some experience with them. We did. We did. And they were amazing. They even said, we don't really know if our situation is going to be right for you guys because you're looking at doing a new build, but we want to make sure that you right. look for this, this, and this. Make sure to ask them, and that, that will get you the best rate possible so they, from them. So they actually advised her that your builder would get a better rate, and so you get a better rate than the banks could get because mm-hmm. they're so motivated just to get you to buy the house. Yeah, they were helping their competition I, right. for us. Yeah. Every time I hear somebody talk about American finance, it's always like, yeah, they told me I would be better if I did this, <laughs> and they showed me what to do and which bank to go to. And I'm like, do these guys make any money at all? <laughs> anyway, it's American Financing. They work for you. They're going to make sure you get the right deal. American Financing numbers at the bottom of the screen. And it's uh, AmericanFinancing.net. So Rudy Giuliani over the weekend. I didn't hear this being reported on CNN. Now, I may have missed it mostly because I don't watch CNN. But uh, did not hear this reported on CNN. Rudy Giuliani dropped a kind of a series of bombshells here on all of the information that he was collecting in Ukraine. Uh, So he said, after hundreds of hours and months of research, I have garnered witnesses and documents which reveal the truth behind this impeachment, which includes no wrongdoing by Donald Trump. Uh, These threads only touch on the surface. Read and watch all more to come. He said, evidence revealed that corruption in 2016 was so extensive it was POTUS's duty to ask for U.S.-Ukraine investigation. Impeachment is part of Dem cover-up. Extortion, bribery, and money laundering goes beyond Biden's. Also, DNC collusion with Ukraine to destroy candidate Trump. Uh, you can question a witness's credibility, but you cannot question hard documentary evidence, which each firsthand witness part of this investigation provide. Now, he is including these uh, videos from OAN, which you can go onto his Twitter and see. He said witness Victor Shokin said uh, he holds a documents proving money laundering by Burisma and the Bidens. He was fired due to Biden's threat not to release the one billion in vital U.S. aid, which we've seen video of Biden saying that he did. And uh, Shokin's medical records show he was poisoned, uh, died twice and then was revived. Lots of heads will roll in Ukraine if this opens up. 
And then Lutsenko, he says of Lutsenko, who was the inheritor of Shokin's office, records proving Ambassador Yovanovitch perjured herself during the hearings at least twice, documents showing she was denying visas to witnesses who could prove Biden and Dem corruption, uh, clear documentation proof of money laundering by Burisma and Biden's. And then Dems impeachment for innocent co conduct is intended to obstruct the below investigations of Obama era corruption. He says billions of laundered money, billions, mostly U.S. money, widely misused, extortion, bribery, DNC collusion with Ukraine to destroy candidate Trump. Much more to come. Glenn, do you have your popcorn ready for this? Mm. Um, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm struck by the died twice. Mm -hmm. uh, that one, I, well, I think I should see some medical records on that one. I mean, you, I don't, he, he said there are medical records that exist. You'd think that he'd be prepared to back that up, right? Yeah, I think Rudy Giuliani is hurting himself. Um, you know, we talked and joked about him being on my show. And I said, you know, before we even went on, I said, you know, you're on with me. I mean, this is not going to be good for your reputation. <laughs> um, and I think that... Uh, by going to OAN, even going to me, and but I don't know who else I would go to yeah. um, that I would trust, but um, he's hurting himself by not presenting the evidence, by teasing it and not showing it. He's also, um, you know, liking and uh, retweeting things for some, from some, you know, some not so credible people. Mm -hmm. he, his reputation is being destroyed mainly by him in the past and his appearances on television, but it's, it's, it's also being destroyed by the company he is keeping right now. Show the documents. Just release the documents. Put them out online. What are you doing? Why, why aren't you just dumping the documents? Do you need to be this? Do you need to be the person in the story? Or mm. I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. were, were the documents in these videos? I mean, I haven't... Uh... I mean, there, no, there were some interviews with um, mm -hmm. Shokin um, and then Lysenko, I think. But, and so they were basically saying this verbally. Mm -hmm. But there haven't been any documents that I've seen. Lauren, you've not seen them either. I've not seen anything either. And I agree, he should just release it. Like, I love foreshadowing. It's kind of fun when it comes <laughs> to TV shows. I don't know if the news impeachment is the best place for it. But I think wondering why, why he's going on places like OAN and things like that and tweeting this out. I don't know if we could even trust the media to cover this fairly if he did go up to them. I mean, you said it yourself. Is CNN even reporting on this? Is this yeah. getting a tenth of the attention that, you know, the whole impeachment debacle is? I don't think so. So I definitely agree he's not handling it the best way. But I think part of that is just distrust in the media in general, which I don't think we can blame him for. Yeah, Stu. Yeah. I mean, they, don't, they definitely don't think they can get a fair shot, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that that's a big thing. You'd think they might have people even at Fox News or something like that that's a little bit more mainstream. Though OAN, I mean, it's a conservative outlet and it's not, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. Um, I think that you, go, you step back from this and you see what, what the Democrats are trying to do here, though, right? I mean, like this impeachment thing is not about whether this story is true or not. It's not about whether there are documents. It's not about any of this. It's about uh, making sure that uh, they can say to their donors and their activists that we, we got this guy impeached. And it's about making sure that they can come to the American people and say, if they lose, that this was all fixed, that Trump was cheating the entire time. 
That is a that's a dark it's a dark agenda, honestly, because it's the same agenda that they called dark when they thought Donald Trump was going to do it in 2016. Uh, so they're they're attempting essentially the same thing here. And, you know, it's hard for me. And Glenn, I think you're a little more optimistic on, uh, than I am when it comes to the Senate trial on this. Wait, did you say Glenn is more optimistic yeah, I, than you? <laughs> that's a dark place. Think of, <laughs> think of this. So you're going to be hanging live in his head right now. Um, but it's it's it, if it's presented in the Senate trial. Is there is the are the American people going to have enough of an attention span to actually even bother to learn it, to understand it? It seems like the, the media is so successful in being able to push this uh, to the background. And, and, you know, I think that's why the temptation's there for them to not have the trial. They're thinking, like, look, the American people are kind of with us on this. They see it as a partisan thing, which it is. Let's just abandon it and move I, on. I disagree. I don't think the I don't think the media has put this on the back burner. I think. You know, Rudy Giuliani has been the only one out there telling the story besides us. And there's been pieces of it told throughout the main, you know, throughout the um, conservative mainstream. Um, But nobody's really put it together except Giuliani to some degree and us. And we've offered it to the people in Congress and the people in in Washington, D.C. They don't want it. And I think it's because. Everybody's dirty. I think Mitch McConnell is dirty. I think Lindsey Graham is probably dirty in this. I think there's a lot of people dirty, and so nobody wants to do it. And the reason why this is on OAN and not Fox is because I believe Donald Trump is going to buy OAN. The day he is out of office, he's going to buy OAN, and he's gonna, it's going to be the Trump television network. Mark my words. So he's trying to build that brand now. Build that brand now, okay. and he'll buy it. If he hasn't already, talked to him about it. Look, I'm going to give you some things and give you some exclusives because you see him tearing down Fox. Fox. News. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, before we move on, though, can yeah. we talk a little bit about Biden? Because, like, with all of this, the Dems are so like, this is quid pro quo, corruption, mm-hmm. just unthinkable. They seem to be glossing over the part where there's actual evidence now of <laughs> Biden engaging in the very same yeah. thing that they are so just, they cannot believe that Trump would dare to do. So I think it just, it goes that, to no, show but that was in the interest of the American people. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. How could I forget? Yeah. Yeah. And well, and if what Rudy Giuliani is saying is true, not only do we have Joe Biden on tape saying, admitting to quid pro quo, but he can tie it back to obvious personal interest right. uh, if we we're talking about money laundering and Burisma and the Biden family. But they don't want to talk about no, that. They don't want to talk about it. So, I mean, at the very least, maybe all this information can draw more attention to that because they say like, oh, but, you know, it's because he's running as president. He's hands off. Trump's running as president right now for re-election. They don't seem to care when it doesn't benefit them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of all of this impeachment nonsense, New Jersey Representative Jeff Van Drew, he is uh, he is leaving the Democratic Party Apparently, it's not totally official, but he's already had, I think, six or seven aides who have already resigned in anticipation for this. And he is getting the wrath of his, for now, fellow Democrats for leaving the party. Uh, Representative Steve Cohen from Tennessee basically verbally assaulted the guy on CNN when this news broke. Let's listen to Steve. To turn and go to be a Republican, it's kind of strange. It's kind of, you know, I've heard rats jumping off a sinking ship, but very few of them jump onto a sinking ship. The Republicans are in the minority he, for his district. They Instead of having a, a congressman who's in the majority and he gets something done for his district, they're going to have a congressman in the minority who can't get anything done. The okay. lowest thing that there is in the Congress is somebody in the minority side who was a traitor to the majority. Um, Lauren, 
you're obviously from Canada. Yeah. So you don't, I know that you keep an eye on what's going on here. But what do people in Canada think of all of this impeachment stuff, of the do Democrats we, just going all in? Do you guys look at us the way we look at Parliament in England? Kind of. I think so. I, I think, oh, no. I think Canadians just think when it comes to American politics, they're just like people on the street yelling crazy things, fires going around, which is not that, you know, not that much of a stretch. But I mean, when it, when it comes to something like this, I, I'm just a little bit confused how the Democratic Party got here, because I remember right after 2016, the people who were like, we're going to impeach him right away, they were kind of the fringe, right? And we come, like, three years later, these people are mainstream. It is the party line that if you want to be embraced by the Democratic Party, you have to vote for impeachment. So part of me was wondering at first if he's not for it, which considering I think he's in a swing district is is reasonable, impeachment is getting less and less popular, why not just vote against it but stay with the party? I don't even know if the Democrats would accept that. I think they're kind of telling people, if you want to stay, if you want our support, you fall in line or else you get out. Yeah, you get taken back to the woodsheds. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, they said they were going to primary him, basically. I mean, the polling was terrible for him. It looked bad. Um, You know, and it's funny because, like, it shows... You know, it's, it's it's easy to cheer, I think, when a Democrat switches to a Republican. And it also just highlights what a disaster this has been for Democrats. I mean, this is not working at all. Um, but, I mean, this guy voted with Donald Trump 7% of the time. 7 And now he's switching to become a Republican. Like, these guys in Washington, I mean, they have no belief system at all. I mean, he's gonna. you think he's going to vote 7% of the time with Donald Trump when he becomes a Republican? It's going to all of a sudden be 93. Yeah. And everyone's going to be like, oh, well, of course, that's natural. He's now a Republican. Well, it's not supposed to be natural. You're supposed to believe things and he vote. He believes based in on... re-election. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Glenn, what are your thoughts? Uh, I just, um, uh, I, I find it interesting that the... Democrats were shooting for a bunch of defections on the Republican side. Mm-hmm. And they were just saying, hey, people are going to defect, they're going to defect, they're going to defect. And now that they see the case and their side is defecting, it's somehow or another horrible. Mm-hmm. Something just, just, just despicable. You didn't make the case. You didn't make the case. If you would have made the case, maybe some Republican, no, definitely some Republicans would have come over. And it, but it's not just about this impeachment. This is about how far I think, if, at least if I were that uh, House member, uh, I would have also been taking into account what had just happened in England. Mm. This party is so far left, it is completely out of touch with the mainstream. And social media doesn't vote. Russian bots don't vote. Um, and the loudest don't win the vote. The majority, and they're usually silent, does. And they are way out of the mainstream. All right. The uh, 2020 Democratic presidential candidates and uh, their vow to boycott the next debate when we come back. Mm. I'm going to miss them. You're going to miss them. Oh, my gosh. I cried a little bit earlier. Before we get back into the conversation, we want to thank our sponsor, Overcomer. Now, Overcomer is uh, the number one inspirational movie in America. It is available for digital download, and it's available for uh, Blu-ray and DVD tomorrow, tomorrow, December 17th. Uh, This is a film from the Kendrick Brothers, who are obviously one of the most beloved uh, faith storytellers. And they were behind the movie Courageous and War Room. You know those. They were both huge hits. If you have not seen Overcomer yet, you really need to. It tells the story of uh, Coach John Harrison, 
who, uh, when his high school basketball team's state championship dreams are crushed under the weight of unexpected news, uh, he has to come to grips with the challenges facing his family and this basketball team. Now, urged by the school's principal to fill in and coach a sport he doesn't know or like, uh, who could blame him? It's basketball. John is no, frustrated. He likes basketball, but he didn't like cross country. Oh, cross, right. I'm yes. sorry. Cross country. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Cross country is. Who would like it? Gotta, it's just, it's, you, gotta, I, you don't have to throw anything. I respect that. That's a great point. That's your line on the You don't have to but throw things. Running, just running just for the fun of running. Come on. There's what is no wrong with you? There's no fun in running. No. no what is wrong with you? You used to make fun. When I was growing up, people who would go running, everybody would make fun of. What are you doing <laughs> running? <laughs> Go out and get a job. Who are you running from? <laughs> uh, seriously, though, you have to see it. It is a powerful mix of faith, a twist of humor, a ton of heart. And uh, you can go to overcomermovie.com. You can uh, download today or you can pre-order the Blu-ray. Pre-order it today. It's available tomorrow. Blu-ray and DVD. That is overcomermovie.com. Go there now. It's a good uh, family, family film for the holidays for you and your family. So... The uh, 2020 Democratic presidential candidates who qualified for uh, the debate, I believe it's Thursday, Thursday, mm. sadly. I try not to keep up with it, even <laughs> though our job makes us. But uh, they are going to boycott their own event to stand in solidarity with a union that plans to protest outside the event. So the event is uh, being held at Loyola uh, Marymount University, and there is... Stay, stick with me, okay? <laughs> there is uh, Sodexo, which is a food service union, and they're contracted by the university. And so, like, 150 uh, fast food food service workers work on that campus, and they are not happy with the benefits and the pay, and they are uh, protesting. And so the Democratic presidential candidates said, we're going to stand with you in solidarity, and uh, we're going to protest our own event, too. We're going to protest for you guys. Elizabeth Warren, by the way, was the first one. If you can, you know, somebody the least shocking take, thing somebody, ever. Somebody should take, uh, you know, go into a classroom, just take a stapler off. Just put loser. <laughs> Staple it to all of their faces. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, do you want to hear what makes it even dumber? Apparently, <laughs> yes, obviously. It was actually a previous venue that this was planned to be yeah. at, but then that also had labor disputes, so they had to move it because of that. So this is the second time, actually, <laughs> where there's an issue with this debate and labor disputes at the venue. And it's Can like. Can we get labor disputes at all of the voting <laughs> <laughs> They'd have no choice but to no follow choice. through with yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, in addition to that, Cory Booker, Cory Booker is now, you know, he did not qualify for this debate. Poor Cory. Mm. He has asked his fellow presidential candidates to sign a letter petitioning the DNC to make its debate qualification rules less exclusionary. I, I'm... It's a little psychic. I'm thinking they're going to say no. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking mm -hmm. that you're right, which is basically what their communications director mm -hmm. said. They Actually, I don't have the full quote on here, I don't think, but <laughs> their communications director was like, um, the uh, the qualifications are pretty minimal. They're the bar's pretty low. So if you can't reach that, yeah, you probably shouldn't be up there. Uh, and Julian Castro, I'm sure, is uh, he signed the letter as well. He is. <laughs> he also really because he's at zero and one percent. So yes, he really so thinks he it's really wants to uh, to be on that stage as well. But uh, he said that the party is enforcing artificial rules that in the past would have hurt people like Bill Clinton and uh, Barack Obama while allowing billionaires like Tom Steyer to get on the debate 
stage, and mm -hmm. obviously it's going to be less diverse, the debate stage, because that's the goal here, what you want in a president. Well, I know that the Democrats hate billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of billionaires are running strangely, and they're all white, and they're all men, and many of them are old. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm not sure where they stand on anything. Yeah. Lauren, what's your thoughts? I mean, this is hilarious. It's, de it's delicious. But I think this is kind of what happens. We, we see Democrats eating themselves in a lot of way. Like, I mean, if, if workers want to protest for their rights, they have the right to do that. Um, you know, obviously, I think companies should be able to manage whatever they want. But when you've positioned yourself as always pro-worker, I don't care what the other side is, like, you kind of have to expect that pretty much no matter where you go now, you're going to be expected to hold up this standard, whether or not it makes sense. And, I mean, it's the same thing with the, the new rules. People are complaining now that after Kamala Harris dropped out, oh, it's too white and too... Yeah. I mean, they have been complaining about that as a party, as a whole, for the Republicans for a while now. So, I mean, maybe Cory Booker is right in trying to hold them to their own standards. Like, why aren't there more, like, trans queer women of color on this yeah. stage? Maybe the Democrat base really is just that, uh, I don't know, that bigoted. Who can say? That's a, Well, that's a great point. I mean, practice what you preach. Exactly. Right, right Stowe? It's true. I mean, it's one of the weird criticisms of the Democrats uh, of, the, of their own voters, which is they all, you know, it seems like all the African-Americans really like the white old guy, Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. They just, oh, you know what, and you're, what, you're calling them racist? Yeah. Like, are they, do they hate Eight black candidates because they seem to not support them yeah. um, and it's a weird criticism and, and, and it is almost it's a very I mean I, I think you'd point out Glenn a very progressive criticism right they know better the, the white people who are running the party know better than the black voters as to who their president should be which is really a demeaning thing and it's only part of the reason that I agree with the unions and I will also be boycotting this event <laughs> <laughs> well I mean you think about it too like could they not just get another job like, that's what I'm coming back to. is like, you, you, wait, wait. you I mean, can go work somewhere else. Maybe Cory Booker? Because I agree. Yes, Cory Booker. Booker. But, they, but all of these union people who are upset about their wages and their benefits, I, I mean, I don't mean to sound cold-hearted, but... I mean, but that, that's kind of what I believe you should be able to negotiate. But if, if your employer is like, no, well then... Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's the whole. It's the whole conceit of unions, right? right in general, yeah. is that you're not supposed to have to go to find other jobs. You're not supposed to have to negotiate these things. It's just supposed to be given to you. And it's why the unions which, have struggled so much because it's a ridiculous economic concept. Well, which I, I understand with like the uh, implementation of unions at the beginning, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Because that was before we had federal standards and all yeah. of this. But and there were monopolies. Yeah. Like, but yeah. now that we have all of these regulations on the books, it just seems insane to me that we still have unions that exist. Glenn. Well, the good news is, is that the Democrats are planning on a uh, flood of bills that they're going to pass as soon as January hits. So while the Senate is a do-nothing Senate, doesn't get anything done because they're going to be mired in impeachment, the House is going to pass a whole bunch of stuff, and one of the main things they're going to pass is an end to the right-to-work state. No way. What? Well, the, ho the House is going to do that. The House is going to do it. That's what they're working on, the House. I mean, that shows you still, wow. they still have not gotten the message. They want to repeal any right-to-work state rights. I would not be surprised. And this, you know, what's in the USMCA, this trade agreement, is a massive giveaway to unions. I mean, to get that thing passed, 
the Republicans gave the Democrats a ton when it comes to unions. It's going to cost uh, all of us a ton of money to on cars and all these other items that are included in it because basically they just try to, you know, they're going low with people here to unionize, so they've decided to try to unionize Mexico, which is basically what's in this deal. So they have to jack all the raise, uh, the rates up in Mexico for people to uh, that are working on these uh, you know, manufacturing uh, plants, and, and it's going to cost us a fortune. But it's going to enrich people like Richard Trumpka, who... If your trade agreement is endorsed by Richard, Richard Trumpka, it's a bad trade agreement. You're on the wrong side. You're on the wrong side. And he has endorsed it along with people like Nancy Pelosi. That's scary. Ugh. All right. Back in a minute. That's the biggest thing I worry about in the second term. Is... Merry Christmas to all of you who have not yet gotten a Blaze TV subscription yet. We've got a deal for you. It starts today. You can use promo code NEWS20OFF and you will get $20 off of your annual subscription. Not only does that give you access to overtime, uh, which will happen right after this ends, and we're talking about Greta Thunberg uh, on the overcrowded train, the poor girl. She had to sit on the floor. Wow. She had to sit on the floor. Rouse, 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 Greta. Yeah, there's kind of a uh, some some controversy surrounding yeah. that one. Uh, also, a consumer group finally calls on Hasbro to stop selling assault-style Nerf guns. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for finally tackling the big issues plaguing the United States. Uh, again, it is News 20 Off, and uh, you also get access to Pseudo Intellectual with Lauren Chen here who I would not say is a pseudo-intellectual. I would say you're just an intellectual. <laughs> I don't want that label. Oh. <laughs> what it means now, I'm good. Well, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. But the proper meaning, uh, Lauren will be joining us for overtime, so you got to tune in. It is blazetv.com, promo code NEWS20OFF. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Everyone's favorite time person of the year, Greta Thunberg, uh, tweeted out over the weekend a photograph of Poor, I just feel so bad for her. She was riding on a train, uh, and she ha- she was forced to sit on the floor. She said that the train was really overcrowded, traveling on an overcrowded train through Germany, and I'm finally on my way home. But it's weird because she puts the exclamation point like she's excited that she's on her way home, but she did not look excited. In fact, I don't think she's ever looked excited no. a day in her life. She just looks angry all the time. Uh, so she, she obviously pointing out, this train's overcrowded. I got to sit on the floor. Well, apparently that didn't actually end up being the case. Uh, Deutsche Bahn, the, uh, the, the train company, responded to that tweet and said, Dear Greta, thank you for supporting us railroaders in the fight against climate change. We were happy that you traveled with us on Saturday in the ICE 74, but it would have been even nicer had you also reported how friendly and competently you were looked after by our team at your seat in the first class. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Seriously, that is awkward, Lauren. Uh, So she apparently, you know, she can't just quit, right? She can't just stop while just like, all right, I'm just going to take the L and move on. I think she tweeted back and said, uh, our train was taken out of traffic, so we sat on the floor on two different trains. After this one stop, I don't know how to pronounce it, 
Gottingen. Oh, you nailed it. Did I? Oh. Gottingen. <laughs> I got a seat. This is no problem, of course, and I never said it was. Overcrowded trains is a great sign because it means the demand for train travel is high. I wasn't trying to portray anything out of the ordinary here. But uh, train company... She's not making any friends there. Yeah, and you know you're you're kind of just asking. You need kind of to be checked when German train companies are just like out of nowhere. Uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> that's not what happens. Sit down. Um, yeah, I don't know why she feels the need to. It, it's we we saw a similar thing when she was doing that whole yacht journey, mm-hmm. kind of documenting it. It's like you're traveling on like a yacht worth millions of dollars. Like I don't know why you need to portray yourself as a victim in so many of these different circumstances. Mm-hmm. Who's had her like hopes and dreams taken for? Like we get it. Everyone has travel difficulties. Calm down. <laughs> you have stolen my childhood stew. I was a little uh, interested in that. I didn't know it was possible to lose a PR battle against a German train company. Yeah, but they were there <laughs> with the snark. Yeah, they really were. Uh, well, that might have been one of, one of the reasons, the criteria that she won Times Person of the Year. Yeah. Is that she's really good at losing PR battles <laughs> against Germans. Yeah. They just already knew that, maybe. Twitter flame wars, I believe. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, you know, look, this is a, she is playing a role here. Everyone knows that you know, people were flying across the country to take her on this boat yeah. back. I mean, it's an Does act, everyone right? know that? Well, not everyone, but I mean, anyone who, I think your confidence in the fact that people will not pay attention is the only reason you'd attempt something like this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, this is, this is all an act, uh, because you you can't take you wouldn't want any, anyone traveling by train either right like you'd want people to never leave their homes if you actually cared about this and thought it was the most important issue as they always claim to they're always looking for a way to have all their cake and eat it too um, it's why Leonardo DiCaprio is flying all over in private jets and Al Gore you know like I remember the interview Al Gore did in the midst of his you know big promotion for the climate and how important it was. He said that, you know, he's walking around his property and he's saying, like, we're going to soon have this retrofitted with solar panels. And it's like, did they just invent them? I mean, well, you've been talking to us for 10 years about the climate and you're, you're, you're about to retrofit them for solar panels? This is supposed to be the most important thing in the world. And, and you know, clearly it's not, right? I mean, yeah. it is, you know, seemingly a way for them to be able to push through every little wish, you know, everything on their wish list uh, of, you know, of left-wing euphoria for a long time. And it's like, it, it's, it's that thing that they used to talk about, uh, kind of the state of constant war, right? And when you're in war, you can get people to kind of do a little mm-hmm. bit of everything. Mm-hmm. This is their attempt to make us constantly at war. Mm-hmm. So we can constantly pass all these emergency things that you only do when, when you're freaked out. Greta, you know, is, is, is 16 years old and she actually buys it. Right. So she's in the middle of this and she is panicking and, and she's, you know, in her own words, like she's trying to find meaning in life. And this is where she's found it. I don't think that's a, that's lasting meaning, though. I think, that, you know, long term, I think that's going to be really problematic for her. And I think you're right about saying that this is not just about the climate. It's about all these other avenues of control. Because if you if you guys have read that uh, that kind of op-ed that her and a bunch of the other activists did, where it talks about, no, this is not just about climate change. This is also about uh, sexism, mm-hmm. colonialism, mm-hmm. racism, and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So when we ask ourselves, wait, if she really cared just about climate change, why wouldn't she be doing this, this, and this, and this? Well, because it's not just about climate mm-hmm. change, right? It's trying to portray the c- current system and capitalism as a whole as broken. So anything she can do to make 
the current system seems screwed up, whether that's, um, you know, having to take yachts places or sitting on the floor in trains. <laughs> She's going to do it to try to make it seem as bad as possible. Which is interesting, though, because I don't recall hearing that platform from her at the beginning, right? At the yeah. beginning, she was sold as this young girl who the climate change was her one and only passion, and that was all she was interested in. And then all of a sudden, this op-ed came out and it's like, oh, by the way, we also hate your all of your ways of <laughs> yeah. life. Yeah. It's like... Oh, the why didn't you say that before? You find that in the Green New Deal as well, exactly. right? Yeah. Like you go yeah. through that, it's like almost nothing about this. It's, it's all about climate justice. Exactly. That's like all encompassing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's against capitalism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the thing is, too, with trains, which I maintain suck yes. in every single way possible, <laughs> um, you know, as a person who used to take it every single day from Pennsylvania to New York, I remember at one point we were doing this environmental monologue, and I was like, I'm going to go on and figure out my carbon footprint because I'm, dry, I'm on a train every day, and then I can be like better than all the people on the left to say that they have these low carbon footprints. Well, I went and calculated it. My carbon footprint sucked. Like, it still is really high. I mean, I, this idea that trains are this wonderful thing for the future, we all know they're too slow. We all know they're always crowded. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, they're not, it's not a great way to travel. Uh, we have this new invention called aeroplanes, and they, they seem to be able to land at airports a lot, a, a lot faster um, and a lot of cases cheaper. Uh, than the alternative. You know, trains in certain areas can potentially, you know, work if they're already built from a long time ago. And, you you know, like there's a lot of qualifications on that statement. Mm -hmm. But this, you know, in the Green New Deal, they're talking about having no air travel and replacing it all with train travel. That's bonkers in a million different ways. And it would not help the environment either. And never mind. We saw recently with uh, Extinction Rebellion, the UK group, they were actually trying to like boycott or stop trains to raise awareness. So it's like, what do you want? Just I'm at a point where just tell me I'm tired. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Whatever, like whatever kind of attention they can possibly get. Uh, Before we move on, really quickly on the topic of Greta, Lauren, we talk here a lot on the show about, um, you know, the fact that she's 16 and she it's like you can't criticize her because everyone's like, well, you're criticizing a kid. How how dare you? You know, you you can't say anything about her. Um, Do you think she gets a pass for that or do you think she's put her they've Voiced her into the spotlight, and she gets any criticism that comes with it. I am not going to let the people who jump down the Covington Catholic kids' mm-hmm. throats mm-hmm. lecture me about how to treat children. And the thing is, like, I think I'm pretty fair with when it comes to Greta Thunberg, right? I, I criticize what she's saying, and I think if if adults kind of are propping her up and saying these ideas, listen to them. Why shouldn't I be able to say, okay, but what about this, this, and this, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's one thing to say, okay, don't attack her for, you know, personal attribute. Okay, okay, fine. Maybe we can all stand to be a bit nicer. But you can't kind of use a child as a shield mm-hmm. for what you're trying to say and then hide behind the criticism. And again, like whether it's attacking the Covington Catholic kids or, you know, uh, Baron Trump, as we saw recently, these this is a double standard that applies only to left-wing children. And it's just, it's, it's not fair. They're just trying to use it as a way to protect themselves. Well, especially because Covington Catholic kids and Barron didn't ask for the spotlight. Right. right? They didn't ask to go speak at a climate summit. Yeah. <laughs> and she obviously uh, did. Yeah. And uh, also, these are the same people that are also trying to lower the voting age to 16. Mm. So it's like, okay, she's a child. Tide pods. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> you, you have to be consistent. Like, you can have crazy beliefs. That's fine. I just ask that they're the same no matter 
matter what the situation you is. You can understand them chasing this, right? Like they did it with David Hogg yeah. as well. It's yeah. like if you can find it's a, a spokesperson that is impossible mm-hmm. to criticize, mm-hmm. every person who criticizes them is hateful. It's why they do so much with identity politics mm-hmm. too, right? Like you can't you're, you you you're criticizing Barack Obama. Well, you don't you're racist. You know what I mean? There's th- this if you're criticizing a woman, then you're sexist. There's like all these like easy qualifiers that that give them immunity from criticism. Yeah. Like what a wonderful world that must yeah. be, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, So lastly, the Empire State Consumer Project has written a letter to the Hasbro Board of Directors saying, uh, as the holidays approach, we are reminded of our mission to protect the safety of children. Now, they were watching a holiday toy commercial for the Nerf Ultra One. (laughs) I'm I'm not kidding. This is a real quote. And other extreme Nerf machine guns for children <laughs> and are reminded of mass shootings that have devastated American children and families for decades now. In these times, the TV ad for this product plays like a Saturday Night Live parody, except that it is not at all funny. Now, here is the really Well, then it did play like terrible. a Saturday Night Live parody if it wasn't funny. <laughs> if it wasn't funny. Yeah, it does actually Then I well. guess they were right on the mark there, weren't they, <laughs> Empire State? Uh, here is the really terrible... Uh, graphic, horrific commercial from Nerf. Watch. Wow, this is so cool. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Happy holidays. Uncle Bob. This is so awesome. Thanks, Uncle Bob. (laughs) Excuse me. Look what I found. This is huge. You guys are the best. I hope I'm not too late. Happy holidays. Whoa. Um, So two things. Number one, this was actually really great publicity for this particular gun because when I read this story, I literally went to Amazon and purchased (laughs) I was just going to say, this looks so much fun. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it was like 50 bucks. And we were already done buying all of my son's birthday present or Christmas presents. And we were like, yeah, but now we got to get this. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not not going to get this. So Second, Support the you. Nerf Second Amendment. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, now, Lauren, I bring this up because I know people will, will be seeing this. Yes. But you actually, today was your first experience with firearms. Well, I had shot a gun, like, I think two or three times before. Okay. Just, like, randomly, like, hey, my friend has a gun. Let's go shoot it in the mountains or something like that. But this is my first time at a uh, at a gun, a range. gun range. First time using these huge, like, fully automatic weapons. Well, you mean, like, the intense. one that we just saw in Same. that commercial? Indistinguishable <laughs> in, in form and function. Um, yeah, and it's... it's Anytime I see something like this, people freaking out. I mean, first it was the the gun emojis, right? Yes. They had to change it from an actual gun to like a, a water gun. Um, strangely enough, I don't think that succeeded in ending gun violence. Huh. No? So maybe they're thinking, like, oh, one must be the toy gun, which is so crazy because anyone who's been around little boys knows that anything can be mm-hmm. a gun, mm-hmm. right? Like wrapping paper tube, just anything, they will find guns because it's, it's fun and it's make-believe. Doesn't mean they're going to be violent just like me playing princess didn't mean that I actually wanted some sort of patriarch- patriarchal monarchy or something. Right. It's just make-believe. It's fun. It is. It, it really is. And Stu, we both have boys, mm-hmm. right? I mean, th- I have just recently exposed mine to firearms. I waited a long time before I did. But even before that, we didn't talk about it. Yeah. We didn't, he didn't want, I kept very close monitoring on what he watched. He still, like Lauren said, he uses fingers. Yeah. He uses a stick outside. I mean, there's no stopping boys from having that inherent desire to just be like, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with that, no. right? I mean, like, yeah. this, there's, 
you know, this is this idea that you have to like, you know, shelter your kids from every little thing like that. I mean, like, look, Nerf guns, just like water guns, mm -hmm. right? Like they're all kind of simulating the same type of thing. That does not mean people go out and murder people, as we all know. Uh, these things. I mean, the Nerf gun was not really. I don't remember it really being around when I was a kid. I mean, we had the uh, super soakers for yes. the water guns. Those yes. are pretty yeah. badass. Yeah. But uh, the uh, the the Nerf guns weren't really that big of a thing until later on. Um, but we've seen a dramatic drop in the amount of gun violence since then. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, all of these things that we try to try to blame on, uh, you know, for, for causing these shootings, are all are all there in a period where we've seen a dramatic drop in these mm -hmm. shootings actually occurring. It's just you know everyone wants you to believe. You know, I say this, I've said this a million times. But it's like when I went to high school, I was four times as likely to be killed in a in a shooting at my school than that my kids would be going today. That is an incredibly bizarre thing for 99% of people to hear because they watch the media, they see uh, how this stuff is messaged, and it's and it's, it's messaged with almost no connection to the facts whatsoever. Well, and they condition us so much like that because I know we've had this conversation before, but I know I know this. Yeah. I work with yeah. you. I know this, mm -hmm. and I still, I still yeah. have that fear, right? <laughs> I just like I can't let my son go outside by himself. <laughs> I know that statistically speaking, he's safer mm -hmm. than he was, you know, when we were children or whatever, but I can't, I can't do it. And it's, there's really something to be said for how, how much of an effect that has on your psyche, even when you're presented with the actual facts and statistics. Yeah, I'm it's intellectually crazy. completely with the free range parenting yeah. thing and Lenore Skenazy and all that stuff. And it's like when it actually comes into practice, I'm a you're little like, scaredy Ooh. cat. No. I mean, like, even as a pet owner, I'm a helicopter mom. Like, I can't imagine with an actual child. Oh, just wait. Yeah. <laughs> just wait. Uh, so Friday's poll, does a Brexit deal finally have a chance at getting accomplished now that Britain has a Tory majority? 93% of you said yes. 7% of you are very, very pessimistic. A little optimism on our poll. Yeah, wow. 93%. That's, I not that very often. Yeah, I like that. Uh, today's poll, if... Oh, God. If Hillary jumped into the 2020 race, would she win the Democratic nomination? Oh, God. Is there there's still speculation that this is happening? How much longer would she, like, she has already missed New Hampshire. Yeah. She, yeah. How, how much longer can she wait? I mean, in theory, she can wait as late as she wants. I mean, but she's going to miss, she's missing all these deadlines yeah. to file. I mean, Bloomberg was able to do this because he can obviously just spend and get these things done immediately. But, uh, I mean, she, she would have missed certainly Alabama, certainly New Hampshire, and I don't know how many more, but, I mean, I don't, this is not a realistic thing. There's no way. I, no I legitimately do not think it's happening at all uh, and uh, would be happy to bet large amounts of money uh, to try to make a small profit uh, <laughs> on, on that wager. I don't think it's happening. But the you know, only way I can think of, we said this before, is like if Biden gets the nomination, you know, we get to October and, you know, God forbid he gets sick or there's some big scandal and he drops out. You could see them being like, all right, we need somebody who's ready to go right now. You know, Hillary's a known quantity. Let's try this thing again and see if we can get a different result. I mean, yeah. something like that's possible, but I don't think she's actually going to run try to win the nomination. Yeah, Lauren, it makes my heart just a little bit happy every time I see a poll that comes out and all of the current Democratic presidential candidates are trailing Hillary Clinton. Yeah. In, the, in this presidential poll, it's like, what does that say about the field now that everyone's like, yeah, we still don't like any of these people. We'd rather she do yeah, it. I mean, I'm kind of, oh gosh, I, I have mixed feelings because on the one hand, I'm like, this would be terrible for the country. Reopen bad wounds. It would be bad for the Democratic Party because I think there are a lot of Democrats who are frustrated with their party. Mm -hmm. And I have friends who are like that. Um, you know, they want to go back to the sort of like 90s era. They idolize Bill Clinton. I always tell them it's because they had Republican Congress. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> But, um, you know, I think there are a lot of Democrats who would be really frustrated with that. But the other part of me is like, that would be 
tasty, yeah. right? For content, yeah. for yeah. just like, yeah, let's oh, yeah. do it again. And also, um, it would be nice to have a do-over. I don't think she would win the popular vote again, no. but I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah. Uh, well, plus, you know, Trump would have, I think, an edge because he's given us you know, uh, the the unemployment numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not directly attributed to him, but under him, sure. yeah, he's we've got the economy. Right. He's, yeah. yeah, there's less red tape. Um, we've got good things under President Trump, so that would be really difficult for her to make up that whole, uh, you know, being the most unfavorable uh, Democratic presidential candidate ever. <laughs> I don't know. Let us know what you think. You can go to The Blaze's Twitter. Of course, that is at The Blaze. Lauren, I believe you're back with us tomorrow. Yes, I am. Can't wait. All right, yeah, neither can we. Really, really happy to have you here. I think you need to just move here or something. <laughs> All right, let us know what you think, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. I promise it's not, see, we talk, it's not always this cold. Yeah, so if you moved here, you'd be getting better weather. It's usually like 900 degrees. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.